Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged. This is Josh Wander from Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Uh, we are here today, a very special day. Uh, on one hand, a sad period of time for the Jewish people, what is known as the three weeks, the three weeks of mourning that led up to the destruction of our, of our holy temples here in Jerusalem. But it's also a time of introspection of when we're looking at ourselves, looking at where we're holding in the redemptive process and where we need to go to. So this is exactly what this show is about. Of course, Israel Unplugged is where you get the unadulterated facts of where we're holding in the redemptive process, focusing primarily on the in-gathering of the exiles. And here with my co-host, Rabbi Moshe Lichtman of Beit Shemesh. Hello, hello, and uh, thank you again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's show. So this is a live show. Uh, so if you are on the way to the airport in the United States, I, I'm, I, from now on, I'm going to try not to say anymore that you're stuck in the United States. I assume that everybody that's listening to the show is already on the way to the airport. So if you're packing your bags or on your way to the airport, you can still call us at 301-768-4841. That's 301-768-4841. Or if you're lucky enough to already be here in the Holy Land, you would be called the number 02-650-0151, 02-650-0151. We'd love to hear your comments or your criticisms or whatever you would like to speak about, your questions. We also have uh, websites that we encourage you to go see. And uh, my website is at itstimetoleave.com. Itstimetoleave.com is where you can find a, a, a whole wide range of videos and podcasts and live shows dealing with the topic of Aliyah and why one should come, why the Jewish people need to come back to Israel. And Rabbi Lichtman's uh, website is at toratzio.com. Toratzio.com is where you, where you will find a list of all of his books that he has uh, published and he has translated it and that he's selling and uh, all the projects that he is involved with. We encourage you to go to both of those sites Today, we have a, a number of guests uh, that are lined up that want to speak about their Aliyah experience. And the first one is going to be Fega Marks. Fega, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Oh, great. So we'd love to hear from you about your experience, uh, what you went through to get here, what, you, what, is, what you're doing here, and what you think is going to be the, the catalyst to bring the Jewish people home. So let's start from your background, where you're from, and and uh, how did you get here? Um, we're not here. We're not hearing her very well. Um, we have some technical difficulties. Okay. So if, if that's the case, we'll we'll ask the, our producer to work right. on that. While, while she's working on that, we will uh, discuss maybe the three weeks. You want to start talking about the three weeks? It's just the the seventeenth yeah. of. Uh, of Tammuz, we just had the start of the three weeks, and uh, like I said in the introduction, this is a period of mourning. It is a period when we remember all sorts of tragedies that have happened to the Jewish people, and they're tragedies that could have been averted. They're the tragedies that are due to the fact that we made, as a nation, the wrong decisions. 
And those are tragic. Those are decisions that are we are rectifying today by coming back to the land of Israel. Right. And we're also uh, not only mistakes that we made, but mistakes that we meaning, I would say all the Jewish people, but certainly certain parts of the Jewish people are continuing to make because if we would have rectified those those mistakes, so we would already be redeemed. Uh, there's a famous Gemara in a Talmud, Talmudic statement in the Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud, which says that any generation that the, the temple is not rebuilt in that generation, it's as if that generation destroyed the temple. It's as if the destruction happened in their generation because every generation has the opportunity to bring it back. And we all know that one of the reasons why the temple was destroyed was because we did not truly uh, appreciate the land of Israel, the holiness of the land of Israel, and therefore God took it away from us. You know, if we don't appreciate it, so God says, you know, okay, you don't want it, so, uh, you know, you can't have it. Okay. We're going to continue that in a second. I think we, uh, we've uh, overcome the technical difficulty. I think we have Fega back on the line. Hello? Yeah, hi. Can you get to hear me? Ah, yes. Now we hear you perfectly. So, uh, yeah, you were about to tell us your story. So I'm originally from West Orange, New Jersey. Um, I've lived in Florida and Muncie, New York beforehand. The first time I made Aliyah, I was four years old with my family. We lived here in Israel um, for about three and a half, four years, um, moved Mirali by ourselves. It was before the days of Nefesh Benefesh. Lived in the Mirkaz Kalita, and then moved uh, to Netanya. And uh, after a few years here, and due to family circumstances, uh, we were required to leave back to the states, um, back to New Jersey. For me, like. As a child, it was very, very hard getting used to the American mentality and uh, education again and Hello? serving the IDF. And um, at age 16, I came back for high school, um, 2008, and I've been here since. I haven't left. I've only left the country once. Today I work as a dental assistant, and I uh, run trips to Kiriosef. Oh, wow. And uh, I live my life here. Um, it's been, like, very, very special to live here. It's been, there are days that are, for sure, difficult and, and challenging. Um, but I believe that, you know, there are so many people that didn't have the opportunity to make Aliyah who dreamed of living here like we do today. And I think that we have a requirement to, to live here and uh, fulfill God's words by uh, by making a life here. Mm-hmm. You're, that's a very unique story because, you know, most people <clears throat> don't really uh, understand the importance of living in Israel until, they're, until they come for their what's called year in Israel. But you seem to, it seemed to have been part of the family. Like your family obviously understood the importance, and uh, and you made Aliyah really yourself, even even in high school, correct? Yeah. No, I think that the biggest thing that influenced me when I was in first grade, you know, all kids have a sitter party, and we my sitter party at the time, like in Kita Aleph, was um, in Ir David. We went for a tour, and then they did the party by Kever David Hamelech, and I remember like some story, legend being told about David Hamelech. I, I don't remember the legend that 
exactly. But I remember it, it really changed my perspective uh, on, like, the fact that instead of just reading about these places, so to speak, in a book or safer or, or in partial class, we could actually go to these places. We could actually live our history. We could touch it. And um, that's something that stayed with me till this day. It's why I'm so active about, you know, going to holy places that people are not so familiar with and, and raising awareness about them, etc. because I think it's so important that, you know, we don't just read it, we live it. Yeah, hundred percent. I know my my experience. So you know, was a lot different than yours. But you know, I, I became uh, I would call maybe bitten by the bug of Aliyah my year in Israel. And one of the things was exactly what you're what you're pointing out that you know I would go. We would go to a place for a Shabbos for a Shabbaton, and it would be exactly what was being read about in the parsha. Like we'd go to the old city on the parsha of, of uh, Vayera, where it talks about that Kedas Yitzchak, which happened right there, you know, the binding of Yitzchak, and it really brought Torah to life. That was like the difference between the Torah in uh, in, in Chutzlar, it's outside the land of Israel, and in Israel, it's alive. Here, it's alive, and outside the land of Israel, it's it's dying, or it's it's not it's not where it's supposed to be. Let's put it that way. I 100% agree with you. I just think it, it presents, it changes the way you see your Yiddishkeit, your Judaism. I really think that, you know, when you connect to it personally, when you see it, when you can touch it, when you can experience it, it, it changes your level of connection. And for sure, the connection here is stronger and on a deeper level because you can do all those things. Definitely, definitely. Josh? I, I, uh, uh, there's another podcast called uh, Meaningful People. I'm sure you've heard of it sure. um, out of New York. And uh, they recently, uh, actually, I think it was yesterday, uh, they interviewed Rabbi Shlomo Katz from Efrat, which is a very interesting, uh, an interesting show. I, I encourage you to go see it. He spoke extensively about the yearning to come back to Israel and to live here. But he said one of the things that stood out about what he said is he said that if you, if someone is smoking said no one ever stopped smoking. He doesn't believe that anyone ever stopped smoking because somebody walked over to them and said, you know, smoking is really unhealthy. Everybody knows it's unhealthy and, and telling them it's unhealthy is not going to get them to stop smoking. You could try to reason with them in all different ways, but but just going over to them and telling them it's, it's, it's unhealthy is not the way to get them to stop smoking. Likewise, he said no one ever made aliyah because people told them that that is you know, all the bad things about living in, you know, living outside the land, living in Chutzarts is, is, is terrible and, it, and it's going to ruin your, 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 your uh, future, the future your of your children and your grandchildren, your soul. It, it's evil. And that's never convinced anyone to make Aliyah. It's only through the positive that we're able to encourage Jews to live here. And I, that really hit home because I, I, I agree with that completely. And we always try to encourage people to move here for the right reasons and not because they're running away from, from something. Correct, correct. Okay, we have to go to a break. Fega, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you're very welcome. I hope, uh, your, I hope your story inspires others to uh, follow your footsteps. <laughs> thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
Welcome back to the Shalom Last week, I think it was last week, we were discussing the Benot Tzalafkad. We were talking about the, the, the daughters of Tzalafkad that uh, went to, to Moses, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and insisted that they too should get a share in the land and how special that is and how unique the perspective of women in particular is to the land of Israel. Uh, we just heard from one, and now we're going to hear from Another, Batya Makalas is here to tell her story about her Aliyah and how she experiences the land of Israel. Welcome, Batya. Hello, hello. So, um, many years ago, we're dating about uh, this the second Aliyah. I made my first Aliyah in 1968 when I was 10 years old and with my family. And then it lasted for two years, and I always hated Israel when I first made Aliyah because I was 10 years old and there was mosquitoes. There was, it wasn't as like comfortable as America. And then 22 years ago, my son was involved with a, with a terror attack in, in Los Angeles. And he was four years old. He almost died because a crazy maniac, a terrorist, uh, went into his Jewish community center and started shooting bullets all around. And he nearly escaped his life because there was a bullet right above his head that could have, you know, harmed him. And and at at that moment, my my husband told uh, we told each other we're going to go. The next day, we went to the Jewish Federation before Nefesh Benefesh, and we started filling out papers for Aliyah. And I did think it was good. I it was I was like, okay, everybody was skeptical. They were going to say they said, oh, you're going to be back. You're going to be back. As you'll see, we moved to Shavay Shamrom in a Murkowski Klita. It's a, an absorption center to help, uh, new Olim, uh, be able to, in, you know, come to Israel and, um, incorporate their lives in, um, a Israeli setting. And we learned Hebrew in the Upan and all my kids speak fluent Hebrew. In fact, all my children, um, they're, First language is Hebrew, and her second language is English. So um, I um, I tell you that conditions in Shabbat Shalom weren't the most comfortable. We had all kinds of things like, you know, mice and all kinds of things. But let me tell you the most positive thing I could tell you about making all the ads. There's tons of positive things that I could tell you is that the sense of belonging when there were terror attacks here, I felt like we were all one big family. And I felt like when we were listening to everybody talking about it in, on the radio or whatever, I felt like a big hug that we were giving everybody in each and every one of who lived in this country a big hug. And we supported one another. And I know anyone who has made Aliyah, um, I always try to help them in any way possible. And um, I, two years ago, there was the corona, and um, I decided, what am I going to do that's meaningful for my life? So I decided to um, do a Shmer Talashon and um, a share for, you know, every single day online. And I didn't right, know exactly how many people I was going to reach. Turned out I reached over 10,000 people watching me. And every single day, I decided to do it every single day. And I spoke about the laws of Shemir Talashon and 
um, that we should thank awesome. Hashem and the Beit HaMikdash and all these good things. And I didn't know how many people I'd affect. And all of a sudden, one after another, I got SMSs from people who watched it. And they said that it was because of me that they they are going to make Aliyah. It's because of me that they are Jose Bertuva. They they decided to take on all the mitzvahs of the Torah. It was me that they decided to change their lives 180 degrees. And and I felt so charged up. And I and I did. Um, I do it all the time, and I and I like to teach these um, sharing. And then I I took a break because I also got Corona, and I and last year, and I had like I had to get back to myself, and I got it a second time about a couple months ago. But then I got something a couple of days ago. It's funny that I um, um, that you that I'm speaking right about it right now. One of the my fans from my share wrote to me and said, where are you? We haven't seen you because I haven't gone back to it yet. I haven't, you know, had the quiet to go back because I'm still kind of like post-corona. Uh, so she said to me, she says, when are you coming back? We so need you. The world needs you. So I said, oh, that's really great. And, and, um, and, I, and, I, and I was really touched. I was totally touched. And I tell you, I'm touched with the people like Joshua Warner, who um, really helped. We, he he helps people all the time make aliyah. He helps people all the time, you know, with his shirim. We had had the shirim with uh, Rav Pinchas uh, Winston and uh, the parsha of the Shavuot. And we, we, you know, I tell you, this land. You just when you talk about aliyah, I feel. Connection, connection right away, connection to everybody here. And now when I talk to people, Arts, I'm telling them, you, you have no connection in your life where you are right now. You have no connection. You just, if something happens, you don't bond. There's no bonding. There's no hugging. There's no, oh, you're together. And listen, I was in a massive earthquake in 1994 in Los Angeles, a massive earthquake that destroyed most of the place that I was living in, Northridge, California. It destroyed our house. It destroyed all. I did not see then the hugs. I didn't see the support. I didn't see anything like what happens here when there's a war, when there's any catastrophes, anything at all. And I'm just very, very blessed to, um, to live here and um, offer, you know, a little bit of advice to people and it, the biggest advice is when you want to make Aliyah, contact me, Batya Machlis. You could find me on um, Facebook. You could contact me. You could contact Joshua Warner. We all want to help people make Aliyah. Thank you for letting wow. me speak. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would just say that uh, I would add that uh, we see from, you said you give all these shiurim, this is the meaning of the verse, Kimi Tzion Torah Torah has to go forth from Jerusalem and from the land of Israel and and not so much from other places. And that's why that's why you've had such blessing in your Torah classes that you give. Uh, and also, I, I have to say that it's so funny that we had two, two guests today and both of them, the, the story was that they made Aliyah when they were young and then they came back. 
And that is a very, very uh, difficult thing to do because you have, you know, these memories. You have, as you said, you, you said that your memories were not good when you were 10 years old. And nonetheless, you made it back. And that's a tremendous uh, test and a tremendous uh, shows your fortitude and your understanding of the importance of, of making Aliyah. Because there are other people who, unfortunately, once they get bitten, they're not going to they're not going to go back. And, uh, and that's a big mistake because sometimes God is testing us uh, to see whether we're really deserving to live in the land of Israel. And therefore, he gives us, uh, you know, he, he makes it hard for us and then makes it not able to work. And then we have to we say we have to say to him, no, God, I, I am I'm, I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try my hardest. And that's what you did. And it's uh, it's a real inspiration, I think, for uh, for everybody else. Yes, just like uh, everybody is given a unique circumstances in their lives. And I think that uh, Batya is a perfect example where um, I think that there were clear signals that were being sent her way, whether it be the terrorist attack or the earthquake that was sent her way. Not everybody, fortunately, not everybody has these signals being sent to them and they don't have to go through these trials and tribunes in order to get uh, on the move. But uh, again, I, I, we encourage people to move here for the right reasons, not because they're running away from terrorist attacks or earthquakes, but because there's such a good good here. Now, my question that I really have, and it's something that I don't expect a, a direct answer to, I'm not sure if there is a direct answer to, is why is it that some people get it and some people just don't? There, there, there are people that you can speak to, there are great Jews around the world that are doing great work in, in all their different fields, and you speak to them and they are have this incredible desire to come back to the land, and many of them have already done so, and there are others that you speak to and you see just they become glassy eyed and all of a sudden, yeah, they're like, oh, here comes another guy trying to push Zionism on me. And, and they just they, they completely you know, shut off, uh, tune out when you start speaking to them about Israel. And they, there's nothing that you can say seemingly to turn them back on. Why is it that some people get it and some people don't? Huh. I think That's I think the there's a little bit of question. a fear. I think there's a little bit of a Tepper's a very big fear in them that they 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 are afraid to just like jump in the water and not know how to swim, and they're afraid so much. So I think uh, their fear is um, something that's uh, blocking them. It's like a it's like a big rocket blocking them from making all they are. Yes, well, yes. Yeah, my answer is that that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> if we know the answer to that question, Josh, there'd be no more Jews left in uh, in America, and we both know that. And that's the problem. The problem. Is, there's a lot of factors. Uh, maybe maybe in the next uh, segment we'll we'll talk about it. But we have to go to a break now. So, uh, Batya, thank you so much for joining us. Your story was uh, very inspirational, and we hope other people will follow in your footsteps. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, take care. Take care.
Welcome back to the Plus. As we were talking about you before the, uh, the break, uh, we were talking about what, what is it that gets some people to understand that Israel is the place for the Jewish people today and others that seem to be completely oblivious to this fact. And it's not necessarily because they have not been um, presented with the facts. It's just because they seem to have a block. I, I, I'm reminded, I'm sure I've said this on the show before, uh, Rabbi Nachman Kahana often says that just like in the synagogue, in the shul, when someone is called up for the Torah, someone is called up for the Torah reading, the, the, the sexton, the, the gabai, has to get up and he has to say, Ya'amod, this person should stand, and it calls the person's name by the person's name and their father's name. Likewise, you can't just get up and go to Israel. First, there has to be a heavenly voice that comes down and says that this person, the son of this person, is allowed, has permission to, to come and arise and, and come to the land of Israel and come up and ascend to the land of Israel. And that is that is it. There's some people that have it and some people that don't. And it's not uh, it's not necessarily something that's that we can convince people of, although we try dearly to do so. We try to get that, that information out. I also have to say that really depending on which kind of community you grew up in, you may have different experiences and different exposure to the concept of the land of Israel. There are some communities that the rabbis, the pulpit rabbis get up and every week that's what they're speaking about, about the land of Israel. And there are others, unfortunately, that don't mention it at all. And, uh, and there are many communities that just are, are unaware of the concept. And that's really where what we tr that that's the vacuum that we're trying to fill. We're trying to get to those people that have never heard these things. You know, if you hear it all the time and you're not you're not ready, you're not listening. There's very little we could do. Uh, but if somebody hasn't heard it before, if somebody doesn't know about it, maybe you know people that that just didn't grow up in those circles in which they were exposed to these concepts. And you could just turn them on to a podcast or to one of our websites or something. Because we, we're, we're, our whole concept is geared to trying to teach people why you should make Aliyah. Again, there are many organizations out there. Nefesh Benefesh was mentioned. The Jewish Agency was mentioned. Many organizations out there that are involved in the how one should make Aliyah, the bureaucracy, the, 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 the paperwork you have to go through, all the different things you have to do in order to make Aliyah. That's fine. But you don't ever get to that point unless you understand the reasoning behind why you should make Aliyah. And that is something that's missing for a large segment, I believe, of Jews that are outside of Israel today. And it's something that we need to really, you know, move things forward in order to get the, that information out to these people, that they should at least be able to make an educated decision as to what they want to do and not be stuck in the dark. Yes, and, um, <clears throat> you know, to try to answer a little bit your question of, you know, why do some people get it and why do some people not, um, you know, when we read the, the Torah portion or any part of the Torah or the, the prophets or the, uh, the writings, we have to understand that these, these words are godly inspired and they are for every generation. The lessons are there for us to learn every person in, in every single generation. I mean, there's the famous statement of the rabbis that there were many, many thousands of prophets in Israel. But we only know of 48 prophets and seven prophetesses, female prophets. And uh, so, so what happened to the other ones? So the answer is only the prophecies that were needed for 
future generations were recorded and all the other prophecies that those prophets, the, the thousands of prophets had, might have been necessary for their time, but was not necessary for future generations. So anything that's written in the in the Bible is for all generations. We have to learn from it. And lo and behold, this week's parsha tells us one of the reasons why somebody would would um, maybe uh, belittle Aliyah or or ignore the call of Aliyah, like you talked. Uh, you talked about. Uh, I see we have a caller. We're going to stop right here because we have a caller from Brooklyn. Michael. Hello, Hello Rabbi Lichtman. How are you today? Hi, is this Michael Wolf? Yes, it is. Hello, hello. It was a pleasure having you uh, by us in Shabbos. That was a long time ago already. Right, right after Pesach. That was when I was scholar in residence in Marine Park, Brooklyn. Yes, Michael, how can yes, we I wish they had uh, publicized it more to get more people into the shul to hear you. But yeah, maybe next yeah, time. Yeah. All right, next time, next time. So we'd love to hear what you have to say. Quickly, just comment on what you were just saying, along the lines you are saying. I remember when I was in yeshiva and learning Torah, and they would always refer to B'nai Israel, B'nai Israel. And, you know, somewhere it's you're thinking it's, we're, yeah, we're from B'nai Israel, but... I think in, in yeshiva, they really need to use the word we. <laughs> we left Mitzrayim. We were given the Torah. And, and really emphasizes more how we were given all these things. And instead of making like third person, B'nai Yisrael got this, B'nai Yisrael got that. And, right. and that we really are those same connect us more. The lessons are for us. I drew the connections myself. Um, because to me it's like obvious, but a lot of people I think they, they don't relate so much to okay, yeah, tradition says well, she has gonna come, whatever, but you know, until then well, you know but if if, if it was connected in the Yeshiva that like, you know, these were us. So this could have been us if we were just born a little bit earlier, we could have been those people. These are our aunts or uncles or grandfathers or grandmothers and just connect us more to the that past. It's not just the the Torah you're learning it. This is our story. This is really us, us, that we're there. And I think that's, right. that's, and that's, that's missing. That story ma- mainly takes place in the land of Israel. That's where the home of the Jewish people is, and that's where our ho- future home will be and is currently, thank God. But uh, all the Jews have to come back, just like you know when the Jews left Egypt and they uh, came into the land of Israel with Joshua. It was every single Jew, every single last Michael? Jew entered. Yeah, J- Josh. I was, I was just going to ask him, what, Michael, why are you in Brooklyn? Why aren't you here? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I haven't been, uh, <laughs> I have not been worthy yet. I have not been worthy. I have uh, two siblings in there to trial, Baruch Hashem, and, uh, and I earn it every day. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, God willing, I should have the opportunity to merit uh, move there to trial in the, uh, Hopefully, in the near future, um, it's uh, sometimes it's not so simple. Um, yep, yep, but, yep. Uh, yeah, there's no again, question you know, about like it. My friends that, know. Every, yeah, if everyone was like Michael, I have some uh, members of my school already that moved. You know, um, in the in the in the recent past, you know. So hopefully, you know, things will, we can work things out. I don't know. 
Um, but uh, that's a hard, a hard question to answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael, it sounds like you're well on your way. You're, you're actually much. You're way ahead of most Jews in America that are, uh, like I said before, oblivious to what's going on. So it sounds like you are in touch with what's going on and you have the desire. So I, I wish you all the luck in, in, in fulfilling your desires because I think they're set in the right places. Amen. Amen, amen. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to continue my, my idea. Michael, you could stay on if you want to you wanna comment. But so, so as I, that was all an introduction to say that, you know, everything we read in the Torah is for, is for us. It's for us to learn the lesson. And this week's partial, we have the story of the B'nai God of B'nai Ruvain, the sons of the God, the tribe of God in Ruvain, who, who were reprimanded very strictly by Moshe Rabbeinu because they, they were, seemingly rejecting the land of Israel. And it's clear from all the different sources, from the verses and from the commentators, that their main problem was they were too connected to their physical possessions. This is the language of one of the uh, Midrashim that says, but they loved their money and settled outside the land of Israel. Therefore, they were exiled first. Because the first Jews, the first tribes to be exiled were God and Reuven, um, later on, hundreds of years later. Therefore, they were exiled first before or before all the other tribes. What caused this? The fact that they separated themselves from their brethren because of their possessions. Jews have to understand that possessions, monetary possessions, are there for us to help us serve God. And if we use them in the wrong way, and we use it to do the opposite of what God wants, then we we're gonna we're gonna be in trouble. God doesn't like that. Uh, by the way, it's not that that part of the land of Israel is not important. You know, the Golan, which is really where they they were. So it is it was annexed onto the land of Israel. But the main part of Israel is you know is what we call the you know. The, the inside inside the borders of uh, of biblical Israel, uh, that's where God wanted all the twelve tribes to live, and then eventually we would have expanded. But the fact that God in Ruvain, because their possessions, it was better for their money, for their animals, for their their herds, to be outside what was then the land of Israel, that caused them a lot of trouble in the in the future. And I think that answers your question, Josh. One of, unfortunately, one of the reasons why many Jews stay outside the land of Israel is because of their uh, the possessions that they have there. Yes, what do you think? Is, is the, I think comfort is the, the, the really the main uh, deterrent from bringing people home. But again, there's a, there's a lack of knowledge in some cases. We are we are running out of time in that today. And uh, we have so much to speak about. Uh, hopefully we will get to you next week. We're going to continue over the next three weeks speaking about uh, this period of time and all the different things that are involved. So please stay with us. I mean, sorry. Stay, be with us next week. Same time, same place, hopefully. And, uh, and we hope to see you all home here in the land of Israel. So come home soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we'll see you again next week. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. 
plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 